It's Friday, December 30th, and welcome to BSD Talk number three. Tonight will be an introduction to BSD disks and file systems. I'm going to be talking primarily about uh, OpenBSD, FreeBSD, and NetBSD file systems. And we'll start with the raw physical disks, things that you can hold in your hand buy or buy in a store. Um, pretty much everyone today for storing their data is using either IDE drives or SCSI drives. IDE drives are commonly found in personal computers and SCSI drives or SCSI disks are usually found in servers. There is a new technology coming out, Serial ATA, um, which kind of sits in the middle between SCSI and IDE as far as price and performance. I'm not going to talk too much about that, um, primarily just IDE and SCSI right now. Uh, IDE drives are the early form of disk drive. Most computers that you buy today have an IDE controller on them, which supports up to two devices. Could also be a CD-ROM drive on there. Um, most personal computers, Intel-based computers, have two IDE controllers, which supports up to four devices. SCSI drives allow you to chain a whole bunch of devices. Um, the basic SCSI, uh, you know, there's, there's basically two forms of SCSI. One that allows you to have, you know, a couple devices chained onto it, and a newer form of SCSI, which allows you to pretty much double that. Uh, IDE controllers are a lot more simple, and even though there are two devices attached to your IDE controller, the IDE controller is only capable of uh, talking to one of those devices at a time. SCSI is a lot better because it is able to simultaneously talk to all of the devices. Uh, so it gives you better throughput and performance, which is why it's usually used in servers, among a variety of other uh, things. All right, so uh, in your BST systems, you're going to have these physical drives in your computer, and normally you're going to want to install your operating system onto them. In the PC world, or the IBM PC world, uh, we usually refer to um, partitions. In the BSD world, though, uh, there's kind of a different meaning of the word partition. You have to remember that the BSDs have been around for a long time, since the late 70s. And uh, so they were operating on systems that are much different than what we had today. So the partitions that we're used to talking about, most people who have come from the Windows and the Linux world, uh, usually think about partitions on the drive. There can usually be four uh, basic partitions on a hard disk. These were partitions that might hold, you know, Windows or DOS or Linux or something like that. Uh, BSD uses the word slice instead of um, partition as far as, you know, when you're talking about a Windows partition or a DOS partition. Basically, when you're talking about a section of the disk that is dedicated to an operating system, the BSDs call that a slice. Once you've allocated a slice, which is what we normally would think of as a partition, 
once you've allocated that slice to one of the BSD operating systems. BSD divides that slice up into partitions. Now these are BSD partitions. So it can get a little bit confusing when you're talking about partitions and slices. So if you're in the BSD world, you just need to put yourself into the BSD mines mindset, which is portions of the disk where an operating system resides is a slice. Now that we've created a BSD slice, then partitions are created for um, you know, your boot partition, your swap partition, and then the rest of your partitions for your user utilities. All right, most of the installers uh, will walk you through partitioning your disk or creating a slice for your BSD. And then there are some traditional uh, partition, BSD partition names, which you create with the disk label utility. Just about all of the BSD installation programs do this in a, in a text format. The BSD installers are not like the traditional Windows, Mac, or Linux installers that are uh, graphical, you know, using something like the X Windows system with a mouse and everything like that. Um, but this, the disk label syst uh, system is usually fairly, fairly straightforward. Okay, what are some of the default partitions that you'll create within your BSD slice? Well, your A partition is traditionally your boot or your, I mean, sorry, your root partition, which is the, the uh, top of the hierarchy of your file system structure. The B partition is traditionally allocated to your swap space. Basically, when your computer runs out of physical random access memory, when it runs out of RAM, it's able to create RAM using swap space. It's mechanical in nature, so it's much slower, so you normally want to have enough RAM. And uh, the C partition normally refers to the entire drive or slice. And uh, then your other partitions get uh, letters afterwards, E or so on and so forth. So um, those are the traditional meaning of those slices. All right, uh, once you create those slices in your installer, and this is not a discussion about how to install operating systems. I'm just trying to give a very high-level overview of the, the way that the disks and file systems work in the BSDs. Once you've created your BSD slice, and then you've created your partitions, you go ahead and put a file system on it. Uh, I like to think of it as, uh, you know, putting sprocket holes on film. You know, you have to, uh, it basically allocates blocks on the disk for storing information. The original BSD file system was UFS, and uh, then the, the FAST file system, FFS. They're used um, interchangeably, usually. Uh, they're, from what I understand, I'm not an expert on the nuances here, they're uh, are slight, you can't really call FFS UFS. They're not exactly the same thing. Um, I'm not quite sure what the what the difference is, but hopefully someone out there can let me know. But either way, that's the original uh, Unix file system. All the BSDs support it. Uh, other operating systems like Linux are capable of reading it. Um, Mac, the Mac operating system is um, capable of also using UFS, although it uses their own 
Apple uses its own file system format, but it is capable of, of using UFS. UFS or FFS uh, is a stable, trusted way of storing information on disk. Been around for a long time, pretty simple. Um, writes data to disk safely. You're not going to uh, have an unrecoverable disk usually after a crash. The FreeBSD folks did come up with a uh, updated version of UFS. It's called UFS version 2. And it, uh, it provides a whole bunch of uh, new features such as uh, theoretically breaking the 2 terabyte limit, although there's some additional uh, hurdles that they need to surmount before they can get completely over that. Um, you know, like the size of the disk label stuff, but either way, more stuff I'm not an expert in, but they're working towards having, you know, nearly limitless storage capabilities. Uh, UFS2 um, has much better support for access control lists, file system snapshots, and all this other kind of wonderful stuff. Um, access control lists are a way of extending the traditional Unix permissions, which I'll probably go to in a later podcast. NetBSD has recently imported the UFS code and is capable of, or UFS2 code, I should say, and is capable of uh, a lot of the wonderful features, of using the wonderful features of UFS2. OpenBSD uh, hasn't focused on porting UFS2 and doesn't seem like at this point any of the developers have the time uh, to move that forward. Hey, if you're, if you're a file system developer, help them out, that would be a wonderful thing. So um, OpenBSD isn't there with UFS2 yet. Some other features of the BSD file systems. A lot of other operating systems um, use something known as journaling file systems. And this is, a, this is something that comes up quite often when people are comparing BSDs with other operating systems. They basically ask the question, well, where's the journaling file system? I hear that journaling file systems are the best thing. Well, uh, first of all, why was there a need for a journaling file system? When you save information to your hard disk, there's a lot of information that needs to get written to disk uh, beyond the actual data that you're working on. There's also information about the data. Um, updates to the contents of the directory, file permission, changes, um, attributes such as when it was last up, you know, modified and looked at, and a lot of other stuff gets written to disk along with the data that you care about. And this metadata uh, is very important um, for laying out the structure of the disk. Files aren't put on the disk in one contiguous set of blocks. Sometimes it's you know, added to little holes here and little holes there, and then the file system keeps track of where the pieces of the file are. So when you're writing information to disk, a lot of stuff is getting written to disk, and if something happens where the power gets cut, there's some kind of system crash or panic, right in the middle of that, you can get a really inconsistent file system. Things can get uh, pretty out of control, and you have to run this file system check afterwards. The original Linux uh, file system, ext2, uh, by default, um, didn't safely write data to disk. Um, in order to increase file system performance, the actual disks are um, put in a buffer and then written out when they can. 
And so that buffer might have a bunch of writes waiting. Power dies, what was in that buffer doesn't get written to disk. And uh, so the Linux file system was extremely fast because it put everything to buffer rather than write onto the physical disk first. But then a crash could leave you in a fairly unrecoverable um, state. Very rare, uh, you know, it never happened to me, but you know, you could have problems. The BSD file system tried to do things as safely as possible, writing out the metadata, then writing um, the actual data itself in a nice orderly fashion. Uh, if a crash happened, the file system checking utility rarely would encounter a situation where there were conflicts about what it should do that would be unresolvable. So um, when you had these uh, ways of writing stuff to disk, you know, you've had also get this with Windows um, where it comes back up and does a file system check and actually kind of will ask you questions. Whoa, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to fix it or not? Um, a journaling file system basically creates a small file on disk and says, you know, it writes to this file, I'm going to do these things. Then it actually does the writes and then goes back and clears that journal. That way, if there's a crash, um, it can roll things back. Uh, so that's one way of, of dealing with the system of writing stuff to disk. The BSDs have something slightly different from a journaling file system, and that's called soft updates. And soft updates um, developed by a bunch of smart people, and uh, it doesn't use a journal. It uses a slightly different method of ordering the writes of the metadata in a way that is safe and consistent. Um, you know, during a crash, your file system may actually appear to be 30 seconds or a, or a minute uh, newer than you thought. So things that you thought got written to disk um, may actually not be on disk. But your uh, file system is in a consistent state, which is, is much better than having an utterly broken file system. There is work uh, to port some journaling file systems to the BSDs. I believe uh, FreeBSD and NetBSD have been working on getting the Silicon Graphics XFS file system, which is a high-performance journaling file system ported to it. But soft updates are uh, pretty much the way to go, and that's supported on all the BSDs. Very, you know, it's a recommended setting in most cases. Uh, I have seen some stuff out there that um, talk about some edge cases where it might not be uh, preferable, but I, I always use it. Just it speed th speeds things up, reads and writes. They're not reads, I mean writes and deletes. So um, those are your typical mount options. Um, you'll be doing the fast file system or UFS2 with soft updates. It's uh, the traditional way to go. So I think that's about it for the BSD file systems at this point. Um, not very exciting once you got your stuff on disk. You could usually care less about it. Um, there is more file system kung fu out there, such as um, snapshots, and because of those snapshots, the ability to do uh, background file system checks and um, RAID, or basically putting a bunch of disks together in order to create a larger virtual disk or a redundant array of disks. I'm not going to get into that at this point. All the BSDs are capable of, of supporting that, um, some perhaps with more features than others, but uh, that will be a later podcast. So I hope I haven't created a lot of confusion. Just realize that 
Um, this is something that you'll do usually at the beginning during the install, but as a basic BSD user, you probably won't uh, mess around with too much. Just pick the defaults and go. All right, so that's uh, BSD talk number three, and we'll talk to you later.